0: Hello and welcome to the Small Town Tourist Podcast where we experience and explore everything that makes small towns great. I'm your host, Abby, and today I am so excited to introduce you to my new friend who I met on TikTok. Her name is Rachel McIntyre-Smith. She is a singer-songwriter based out of Oliver Springs, Tennessee. And you might be thinking, I don't know where Oliver Springs is. It's a small town in Tennessee, and her music really embodies what it means to be from a small town and be proud of being from a small town. I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation with Rachel. And please, if you have the time, go and search out her music Go and follow her on all the streaming platforms And listen to her Glory Days EP I think you're really going to enjoy her sound And the music that she's putting out into this world Please enjoy our time with Rachel McIntyre-Smith
1: Then we all agree that this little town Has got its ups and it's got its downs But growing up somewhere else around Wouldn't be this place Yeah, that's my hometown
0: we'll just kick this off by having you say your name and give me a quick little elevator pitch on who you are. Okay. Well, howdy folks. My name is Rachel
1: McIntyre-Smith. I am a country Americana singer-songwriter based out of East Tennessee. I am just released my debut project called Glory Days and it's sort of like my musical quarter life crisis. Um, it's full of banjo, mandolin, steel guitar, three-part harmony, And I'm really excited for it to finally be out and people can hear all about it.
0: I am so excited it's out, too, because every single song on that EP is so dang good.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much. That makes me so happy.
0: What's the big, like, trend? It's like, no skips on the album. You have no skips on that album.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. I uh, really tried to sort of think about it as, like, a story, because this was my first time putting out, like, a longer project and not just a single. And so... It's kind of cool. Like, um, I was a writer before I was a songwriter. And so I feel like putting out multiple tracks for one theme is sort of like putting out a chapter book, like each song is a different chapter in the story. So it was really cool to get to flesh out, like this theme of being stuck in the glory days with these different songs. So I really was particular about what songs made the cut and what songs and what order I wanted to have them on there.
0: You can tell a lot of thought went into the process, especially when you do listen to it front to back. It does sound like a full, complete story.
1: Yeah, yeah. I wanted to sort of start with, you know, getting stuck in the glory days. And then the last song is called High School Reunion. And that song is sort of about, like, realizing everybody feels this way. Like, we just have to, you know, keep on going for our goals and our hopes and our dreams. And, you know, life may knock us down, but we're all in this together, so... And something sort of funny that happened was I came up with the theme Glory Days before I had written the title track Glory Days. And I had sort of figured out what order, what songs I'd already done that I wanted to be on the um, project. And after I figured it all out, I remembered that in the last song, "A High School Reunion, I say, we talk the glory days and the weather. And I didn't even realize that it sort of like bookended like... I hadn't even thought about that whenever I was actually coming up with a concept for it. So I felt like it was meant to be since that's the last song. And then Glory Days is the first song on the project.
0: I totally caught on to that when I listened to it, like front to back. I cannot believe that that was an accident.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it actually was, which is funny because I'm really, I put so much thought into different things. I can't believe that that sort of didn't click in until later, but I'm happy that it makes sense and that it all sort of fell into place.
0: The universe just provides sometimes.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, here on the Small Town Tours podcast, we like to talk about the towns that we're from. So can you give me a little backstory on the town that you're from? You said you're in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love the middle of nowhere, Tennessee. Um, It's called Oliver Springs, and it's about two and a half hours away from Nashville, about 30, 45 minutes from Knoxville. Um, in East Tennessee, and it's just a really cool place to be. It It's a big four-wheeling town. I've never personally been on a four-wheeler because my dad is a dentist, and so he <laughs> sees a lot of broken teeth that happen from four-wheeling accidents on the weekend, um, and I like my teeth too much to go out and do that, but it's a big four-wheeling town. There's, like, the biggest four-wheeling park, I think, in the southeast is in Oliver Springs. It's called Wind Rock. It's got a lot of mountains. It's It used to be a coal mining town Um, and so it's a really small tight-knit community and it's just been a great place to grow up. It's inspired my music in so many ways and they were really supportive about my music and I, I just feel like I wouldn't have gotten to the place I am today in my music if it hadn't been for Oliver Springs.
0: How big is the town? Do you know like roughly what the population is?
1: Oh, yikes. Um, I don't know exactly. I graduated high school with 80 other people in my class. It's pretty small. I think we've got like two stoplights and we've got a food city. Okay. So, you know, (laughs) we've got some stuff going for us.
0: (laughs) You sound very similar to my hometown. I come from a town of 3,000 people. I had 76 kids in my graduating class, but you got us beat on stoplights. We only have one stoplight in ours. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. We got we got a couple of those. We got a grocery store. We got a couple fast food places. So, I mean, what more do you need? And you got four buildings.
0: <laughs> Honestly, you don't need much more.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So did you enjoy growing up in that kind of small community or did you have dreams of getting out of there?
1: I think it's sort of both. I did really enjoy doing that. And I, I love growing up in Oliver Springs. And one thing that was really cool was my dad is one of the only dentists in our hometown and my mom taught freshman english in our high school and so between the two of them everybody knew everyone in town and so i'm the youngest of three Um, my older brother older sister both went to the same uh, school that i went to all the way from kindergarten to high school and so by the time that i was growing up there you know everybody who saw me they were like oh you're andrew's little sister you're sarah's little sister you're miss Smith's daughter you're dr steve's daughter And so it always felt like I had a network of people that were supporting me. Even if they didn't directly know me, they knew one of my family members, you know, it it felt really tight knit. And so that was really, that was really great. But I also realized, you know, wanting to do music, it's not that easy to do music (laughs) just right out of Oliver Springs. And so I always knew that I wanted to go somewhere else, Nashville, some other place to work on my music career. But I also love being here. I'm here right now in Oliver Springs. And it's just a really, it's a really good place to be. And that's actually sort of what the song Queen of Our Hometown that's on my project is about is like the hook of the song is we can't give you the world, but we'll give you a crown because you're the queen of our hometown. And it's sort of like small towns. They can't give you the same opportunities that maybe a big city can as far as careers go, meeting a whole different group of people or pursuing your academic goals, but they can make you feel really special. They'll remember your birthdays. They'll remember you know, your family members, and so even if you can't get as far in your career or your goals or whatever that you want to in your small town, they'll always make you feel special.
0: I feel that so much. You're from the same size town I am. And I live about an hour away from my hometown, but I'm home every weekend just because that's where all my friends are. It's where my family mm-hmm. is. It's where I like to hang out. But you walk into like a bar or a grocery store, you can't go anywhere without someone knowing who you are and asking how you're doing. Them saying, Can I help you out with anything while you're home? It's just a really comforting feeling.
1: Yeah, it's just really nice, sort of like I feel. Like my whole hometown is sort of like my safety bubble. I mean, even though it's small town Appalachia, we do have quite a bit of drug use in town and some nefarious things that happen. But overall, you know, people leave their cars unlocked. They, you know, they feel safe here. It's just such a comforting feeling. It's sort of like the whole town is sort of like a family unit.
0: Yeah, definitely. What's it like kind of being in the Appalachia region? I feel like I accidentally ended up on Appalachia TikTok recently, and I have no business (laughs) being there. I am from Flatland, Minnesota. (laughs) So is it like, everyone's like, don't look into the woods. Is that like a thing? Okay, I've seen some of those TikToks, and I
1: like I look into the woods (laughs) I don't don't know I don't know if I'm like not in on it or something but like I feel safe I do know that some shady things happen out in the woods but not the woods that I'm looking into okay So, (laughs) (laughs) so I guess it's just like know your area like if if you live around some sketchy folks there's a good chance they're probably like doing some interesting things out in the woods Thankfully, I don't have that experience where I am. Being in Appalachia is really cool. And something that is kind of, this makes me sound so stupid, but like, I guess it's just because when I was growing up, we would, my church would have like service trips and mission trips where we would go into like deeper Appalachia, like more impoverished communities and we would help them build, uh, like work on a ramp to get into their house or build different things like that. And so I would always hear about, like, these Appalachian mission trips. So I assumed that Appalachia was somewhere that we had to, like, go. It wasn't where we were. Oh, at. really? <laughs> and so it, like, I, it makes me sound so stupid, which I guess plays into the trope of what people think about people from Appalachia. But I didn't really even realize we were, like... In the heart of Appalachia. <laughs> but the, the Museum of Appalachia is only, like, 20 minutes away from my house. So, like, that should have been a huge uh, <laughs> indicator. <laughs> but, yeah, it it's a really unique place to live. And there's so much culture and heritage in this area. And a whole, like, a lot of people have, like, a whole different way of life out here than, you know, a lot of regular city folks live. And so... It's a, really, it's a really unique and interesting place to grow up.
0: Yeah, for sure. My dad read one book on hiking the Appalachian Trail and he retires this coming summer and he's convinced that me and him are dropping everything and going and doing the whole trail. And I'm like, dad, I think we need to learn a little bit more than one book.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I have some friends that have done that and it is it is no joke, but I mean, definitely at least do part of it because it's, it's gorgeous. But I'm a little bit too scared of wild boar to just like go out, on the trails i feel like i I go hiking in the smoky mountains but i i feel like the trails that i'm on are like pretty like frequented paths so i'm not as worried about running into them but yeah they're they scare me more than black bear do um so that that's what keeps me off of doing that those
0: (laughs) things are ornery
1: yeah they're so mean and like The thing with wild boar is, like, from what I understand, is, like, they are the aggressor, you know, most of the time, like, other things, like, if they hear people coming, they won't go after them, but, like, wild boar, whole different story, and I definitely didn't have it on my 2023 bingo card to be talking about wild boar on a podcast, but... (laughs) here we are
0: (laughs) it's just two girls talking from their small towns in the middle of their states it's what comes up
1: exactly exactly
0: (laughs) so okay back on topic here I would love to hear how you got your start in music did you start really young because obviously you play guitar and I saw a video of you Mm -hmm. playing a ukulele in a cat cafe so you're very talented with musical instruments how did you get your start with all that
1: you know, it's sort of bizarre, like, since I, as long as I can remember, I knew that I wanted to do something with music. When I was nine years old, I started taking piano lessons, and I did pretty intensive piano lessons for 10 years, and so that was my bass instrument, and I did piano competitions and all that sort of stuff, and then I taught myself um, guitar, ukulele. I was in the school band. I played clarinet, which people can see if they look at the cover art for my song Glory Days. I'm wearing my marching band outfit, and I have my clarinet with me. And so it all sort of started when I was nine and started taking piano lessons. My mom is an English teacher, and so she had me writing from a really young age. I was writing poetry and short stories and all that sort of stuff um, as long as I could. So probably around five or six, I started doing that. Just some point, it sort of made sense for the two of them to sort of merge into one thing. I was really shy, though, when it came to singing. And so I didn't start singing until I was a senior in high school. I sang in, like, some theater arts plays and things like that. But, yeah, and then uh, it I went to college for communications so that I could do all of my own social media, marketing, um, web design, graphic design, all that sort of stuff. And while I was in college, I would record demos of songs that I wrote. And one of the songs I wrote was about cat that I just so happen to be taking care of right now. Um, But she's, she's actually my brother's cat. I wrote this song about this cat, and it led me to do a tour of cat cafes when I graduated college. And so that happened. And then the pandemic hit. And that really made me start to think like, longer term of what I wanted to do in music and how I wanted to accomplish that. And so I sort of put all my energy into doing social media, writing new songs. Um, I work with a great producer his name's Strand Michael. He's based out of Chattanooga that uh, we record together all the time. I started releasing singles in the fall of 2020, and I've just sort of been working on that since.
0: That's so great. And how smart to go to school for doing all of your own graphic design and all that, because when you're in the music industry, you either have to hire it out or you do it yourself. So now that you know how to do it yourself the powers in your hands.
1: Yeah, that was the whole goal. Because I had been I had such like a, a long technical training with music that I knew, like going to school and majoring in music or something like that, the kind of music that I wanted to make, I kind of already knew how to make it. And so I was trying to think, what else could I add to my skill set that I could work on, it would help me as a musician and achieve those goals. But it was also something that I could find a job in out of school that would help we pay for everything that I need to pay for for music. And there's not a day that goes by that I regret what I just like chose to do um, major in because it's been so helpful. And it's also been really helpful with meeting other musicians and like helping them do their photos and help them with their social media. And so it's 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 been a really unique way to, to meet some other musicians. And it's just been really helpful, especially whenever the pandemic hit and everybody suddenly had to be doing all the social media stuff. Like that was what I was trained for. So it all, it worked out.
0: You were built for that. (laughs) Yeah. I saw one of your TikToks was like a behind the scenes of how you did the photo shoot for the Glory Days, like artwork. And it's insane. You had your mom out there helping you. It looked honestly like a lot of fun. It was
1: like, it all turned out great. It it turned out how I was envisioning it. But it was, it was such a difficult photo shoot. I definitely wouldn't classify it as being fun. We ended up doing all of the cover art for the whole... Like, all the different singles, which ended up being three different photo shoots. And so by the time we got to, the, like, the second and third one, we definitely had it more down pat of how... The process of doing it. But the first one was... It was it was extremely difficult because we didn't know we were gonna be shooting it by myself. Uh, like my mom and I didn't know we were gonna do it on our own. My best friend was gonna come do the photo shoot, and the night before she like came down like with strep horribly, oh, no. and she couldn't come photograph it. But we had already like cleared it with the school board to go to my high school to do all these photos <laughs> for the photo shoot. We just had to like just keep going and go for it. We, I think the photo shoot took like 12 hours. We were there for pretty much all day taking photos in different classrooms, different areas, different outfits and everything and figuring out how we wanted to do it. So I would like crawl behind the camera and my mom would sort of get in the place where I wanted and I would see like, is this the shot that I want? Then I would set up like self-timer. My mom would take the picture and we would just sort of work for it that way. I'm so grateful that my mom was down to, to help me with that because... <laughs> It would have been a train wreck without her help. Looking back on it, it is really cool that, we, <laughs> that uh, you know, it all came out the way that it did. But it was, it was a difficult, it was a difficult day. By the time we got to the football shot that are actually on the album cover, everything had just kind of started to turn around because it was finally looking how I wanted it to look so that part it actually did end up being a little bit of fun but the rest of the day was just like oh my gosh like can one more thing go wrong um so yeah but I'm I'm happy with how it turned out
0: yeah I love the just the color scheme of your album with the purple and the gold and then with you against that blue sky with the white cloud it's just so visually satisfying like you guys nailed it for all the stress it was worth it
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it, it was really cool because my branding that I've done since I started doing music is a lot of pinks and purples. And one of the reasons is because my school color, one of my school colors was purple growing up. And so when I I had this vision when I made the album that I wanted, I needed to be in a marching band uniform. And it just so happened that my marching band was selling like old uniforms to raise money for like a fundraiser and they had this one that was all purple that I could buy for this photo shoot so it was like the stars all aligned on that too which is really cool
0: man the universe is really providing for this project
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know a lot of stuff like fell into place with it and it just sort of felt like it was meant to be and putting it out was a really cool process too because before I released the song Glory Days, which is the title track for the album, I put out three different singles, and they were all sort of like funny, upbeat country songs, a lot of puns and really fun. And I was sort of afraid to show this different side of my songwriting. Like I am like fun, like to include puns, like to have a lot of fun with my music, but I also can be sad and can, you know, get in my feels a lot. One night, I just decided to put out like the first verse of the song, Glory Days. And honestly, I did it as like an afterthought because I had promised myself that I was going to post at least one TikTok a day. And it was like, right before I went to bed and I realized I hadn't recorded anything for the day. And so I just went back in my archive and I was like, okay, I'm just going to post this, whatever, check it off my list. I can go to sleep. And I woke up and I had like a hundred thousand views on it and a whole bunch of people that were like so excited to hear it. And they were telling me their story of how they related to the song glory days. And I was just so thankful that that was the response for the first song that I'd really like put myself out there and been like really vulnerable with. And That sort of shaped the whole release for my debut EP because there were a lot of people that found it online that previously had never been listening to my music. I was not expecting that sort of support because this is my first project. And it's really cool, the the places that it's sort of led.
0: I'm still surprised when girls my age are having babies. I think every woman in her 20s and 30s relates to that because I still think I'm 18. I don't know why. I'm pushing 30 myself. But... (laughs) Like one of my friends got pregnant and she's like, I'm pregnant. I'm like, oh, and she's like, this is my second one. Why are you surprised? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just sort of like a like a gut instinct whenever I find out that someone like my age is having a kid and I'm like, oh, my goodness. But then it's like, wait, they're married and they're almost 30 years old. So like this isn't this is normal. Yeah. Um so I think I think it's interesting and we're all on different paths once we graduate. People are going towards different things and different goals are trying to achieve. And so that's definitely I think that I respond to hearing other people are pregnant the way that I would respond, like if I found out. <laughs> like, like maybe, maybe whenever I actually start having kids, then whenever I hear other people having kids, I'm like, oh yeah, that's completely normal. But who knows?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just that you can only go based on what you're feeling. But I feel like a lot of people are feeling the same way you are, and your music is just resonating with us.
1: Yeah, and I felt like it. Like I, I found a lot of people that were like sort of also going through their quarter life crisis. This is like very much a pandemic album because I wrote it sort of, when the pandemic hit, I moved back in with my parents and I was in like the same bedroom that I had been in when I was in high school. I couldn't do anything. So I was like, I might as well deep clean and organize all this stuff. And I found all of this memorabilia, all of this nostalgia. And I think that a lot of people were doing that when they were stuck at home during the pandemic. And I'm just grateful that I found like a fraction of those folks on TikTok and social media that could relate to my songwriting
0: you definitely found the right corner of people
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and, and they were all so nice you know so many times you hear on social media like people are leaving mean comments they're being trolls they're just like being horrible and I'm really grateful that the people that I found were so nice left the kindest comments and added me to their playlists and all that sort of stuff I I don't think that I got a single mean comment on the Glory Days video um, and like with the number of views it got I just feel like that doesn't happen that much and so I'm thankful for all of the, the kind folks that found it.
0: I don't know how anyone could ever leave a mean comment on anything you do because you are just so stinking sweet. <laughs> Like you are just you put (laughs) out this like wonderful, nice, like just best friend next door energy. And like if anyone is mean to you, they're in the wrong. One (laughs) hundred and ten percent.
1: Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I like I like that I give off that energy.
0: That's that's a good vibe. It's a very, very good vibe. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to quick touch on my two favorite songs on the EP, which are Queen of Our Hometown and then I Love Miss Highfalutin, just because it is (laughs) So fun. So I want to hear just a little bit about those songs.
1: So that's funny because those are your two favorites because it's kind of like the same situation, but like completely different take on it. Both of the songs are about people who have gone back, who have moved away from their hometown and are coming back. Miss Highfalutin is about someone coming back to the hometown who is like too big for her bridges, thinks she's cooler than everyone else, is really condescending, thinks everyone in the hometown is like stupid and she's so much smarter and better than them. And then Queen of Our Hometown is about someone coming back to their hometown and everybody wants her to stay. They remember all her stories. She's so sweet. Everybody loves her. And so it kind of gave a few people like whiplash um, <laughs> when they were listening to it. I was like, wait, I thought that you just said this girl was the queen of your hometown and now you're saying she's Miss High Fluton, And I was like, Two different people, two very different groups of people. Like, I think anyone from your hometown, like anyone from a small town knows that, like, both of those exist. And so that's why I wanted to put them both out on the record. I feel like it makes sense for both of, you know, it, it just makes sense in small town life that both of those different types of people exist. But Queen of Her Hometown, I wrote it when I was living a couple hours away from my hometown. And I was living in an apartment that was, like, really small couldn't afford it, was just, it was cold outside, and I think I wrote it actually around um, this time last year, and I just felt really isolated, and the only sort of reprieve from that was, I would call my mom, and she would say, like, oh, well, you know, this person saw, I saw this person in the grocery store, and they were asking how you were doing, I told them everything you're working on, and, like, on the weekends, she would say, like, hey, you know, just come on home just come on home like just spend the weekend with us and so coming back to Oliver Springs was just such like a welcome relief of feeling like I was surrounded by all these people that knew me and I started writing this song and I definitely don't think that I am like the queen of my hometown like by any stretch of the imagination but I think that anyone who is grown up in that environment could be the queen of your hometown. Like you just feel special. And that's what the song's about. It's not about being the queen. It's about how people make you feel like you are, even though you're not. It's um, an energy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just about the way that it feels whenever you're back in your hometown. And so then Miss Highfalutin, on a completely different note, that was actually the first country song that I ever wrote. And I wrote it when I was in college and um, you can see behind me, I've got the pageant material. Oh album, yeah, I, I saw it. <laughs> I love that album so much. And that was so foundational to me starting to write country music because I listened to that album and I loved the way that she incorporated small town stories. Um, she had poignant moments, but she also had funny moments. And I loved the twang and the energy on that album. And so it really inspired me to start writing country music. And so, right after I got out of my like deep dive into this album, I wrote Miss Highfalutin. I just love the phrase highfalutin. I love learning like s- southern phrases and lingo. I think it's so funny how these phrases came about and how they sound like completely nonsensical to people that don't know what it is. So, I wrote this song about one girl in particular who she just I just felt like she she thought she was too good for us, even though she had just, you know, moved a little ways away, and she was talking bad about Oliver Springs, and there are definitely issues with our small town. It's not perfect, but there are a lot of hardworking people that are intelligent, and they are trying to solve these issues that we have in town, and work on things, and just trying their best, you know? I wrote this on pretty quick, and i I had all these like little phrases of things that I wanted to incorporate in the song and definitely my favorite thing part to perform whenever I'm singing it live is i hope you find your happy place and i hope that's far away from my face um <laughs> because it's not that like i wish bad upon this person or miss Hyfalutin or whatever it's I just don't want to see you yeah. you go have your life somewhere else hopefully it's far away from here <laughs> um but that's that's what the two songs are about and Miss Luton, I have to give a huge shout out to my producer for that song because I had recorded a demo version of that back in like 2016 and it's so cringy I swear if you heard it you would be like <laughs> like vomit it was not good but I just kept it around because I really like the lyrics of it and when I was in the studio recording this project, I played this for my producer and I was like, I don't like the production, I don't like what I did with this at all, but I really want to keep this song. And he just immediately came up with this sort of swampy, cool acoustic guitar riff and I was like, let's go with this. And I loved it. I loved the, the fun steel guitar solo and the acoustic guitar on it. It's just a really, it's a really fun song.
0: It is. It's so fun. And the second you hear it, you picture that person in your town that you know is Miss Highfalutin of wherever you're from.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, so so I hope that when people listen to this, you know, they can sort of think about the queen of their hometown or the way that they feel when they go home, and then they can also listen to Miss High and be like, yeah, I know that girl and like send it to their friends and be like, hey, who does this make you think of?
0: Exactly. <laughs> so can I get like a quick little tour of what's behind you? What else is on your musical yeah. inspiration wall?
1: Absolutely. This is a little poster that I designed to the trio. um, And it has Dolly Parton, Emmylou Harris and Linda Ronstadt on it. They're like three of my favorites. And so whenever they put that album out together, those albums out together, like those are my favorites. I love them. Um, And then we have pageant material by Casey Musgraves and then the Folklore um vinyl by taylor swift a yes. huge swifty um this this one's a little bit hard to explain um, i don't know if you know the trend cat breading yes um but it was something that i did when i was in like sixth grade and essentially, it was like you poke a hole or like you cut a circle in a piece of bread, and then you put it over your cat's face. Mm-hmm. And so I found this photo a few years ago that I posted to Facebook when I was like way too young to have a Facebook. I definitely shouldn't have had one, but I found this tagged. I mean, this photo that I uploaded of my cat. So I just put the Vogue logo on it and <laughs> made it into a poster. And then Willie Nelson. Um, and then there's my CD. And then um, this is a copy of Ray's by Haley Witters, which is like my favorite, one of my favorite country albums of 2022. And it's actually autographed. I like tweeted her like something and she saw it. And so she sent me a free CD that's autographed and like a little sticker pack. And so that was really cool. So. She's one of my big inspirations. So I have her up on the wall too.
0: That is so sweet of her to do. Oh my gosh!
1: I know she's like she's one of my favorites, and and Ray's is such a good album. And I'm so happy that like everything she ain't went viral on TikTok and all that.
0: Yeah, she she's got big things going on right now. And mm-hmm. honestly, I think once the world discovers you, you're gonna be another Haley Witters because. Oh. Thank you. like i said my co-workers are loving your music everyone i'm coming in contact with i'm like you got to listen to this you got to listen to this i host bar trivia on the weeknights too so i've been forcing uh-huh. everyone else to listen to the music too so. <laughs> well
1: thank you so much and i that like oh in along trivia I love, I love trivia. That's so cool that you do that. I heard, I listened to a few of the episodes and I heard you you talk about that. Is there like a specific, like you host a trivia, but is there a specific area that if you're doing trivia, like,
0: you know that you would knock out in the park? Disney. I am a huge Disney nerd. Oh,
1: you gotta have, there's always a Disney question. Yeah.
0: And like last week I had some friends playing trivia at a different place and I was hosting. I got done hosting. I looked at my phone. They sent me a picture of their visual trivia round that they were doing. And it was all Disney characters. And they're like, no cheating, fill it out. Within like three seconds, I had it knocked out. And they're like, you got them all right. I'm like, I know I got them all right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, trivia is so much fun. So thank you so much for playing my music at Trivia. Hopefully some folks uh, start to listen to
0: it. Well, I'm going to keep cranking it up. And every time we put something out, I'm just going to have everyone listen to it because it's just so good. You are so talented. And I love your voice. I love your style of music it's just it feels good to listen to.
1: Oh, thank you so much. And I I've, I've been in the studio working on some new music. Um so uh that'll be coming out here shortly. So stay tuned for all that. And it's the thing that we recorded I recorded last week is actually a Christmas song and it's so fun the the way that we we produced it with the different instrumental solos and everything. And so it was a little bit weird recording Christmas music this early in the year, but it, it's going to be really fun, so I'm excited, people cool to hear it.
0: You know, you're not the only one recording Christmas music this time of year. I saw John Party was working on Christmas stuff this week, too, so you're on the right well, track.
1: If, <laughs> yeah, if John Party's doing it, then i, I got to be on to something. It's because a lot of film and TV, they start looking for Christmas music in, like, May. Oh, really? Because that's when they're, like, putting together their stuff that's going to be going out in December, so that's that's the reason I recorded this early, because I'm hoping to pitch my music to film and TV kind of stuff.
0: That's insane how it, far ahead you guys have to work on that stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, but think about like, especially like Hallmark, how much volume they crank out true, in true. Christmas. <laughs> like, they've got to have that stuff like so far in advance. And a lot of times they they start putting out feelers for music before the scenes are shot just, you know, based off of to see what's available and what fits the vibe of the project. And so we'll see, hopefully some people pick up on it.
0: I'm excited for it. That's awesome. So what else do you got lined up for 2023? I know we got a big year ahead of us, but you got anything yeah. exciting happening? Um Yeah.
1: So I will be releasing a few different acoustic versions of songs from glory days in the first few months of this year. Um And I'm really excited because I love like the stripped back sort of acoustic thing with just mandolin, banjo, guitar. And actually, one of the versions I'm putting out, I considered putting that out instead of like the regular mix of the song just because of how much I liked how the harmony came out. Um, it's a song called First Love. And so I'm really excited for that. I'll be having a few different ones of the acoustic versions coming out in the early part of the year. And then maybe a release or two in the second part of the year. A lot of different stuff. Hopefully we'll be playing some more shows and we'll just we'll see where the year takes us.
0: Yeah, that's exciting. I'm so excited for you and I'm so excited that we had the chance to connect and talk more about your music. And I hope maybe even later this year we're chatting again about your music
1: absolutely absolutely hopefully one of these days I'll get up in your direction and, and get to play some music there and so I'm just I'm just excited to see uh, what happens this year and I'm going to keep working hard and thank you so much for finding me on TikTok and reaching out to do this it seriously made my day whenever I saw that because I'm always posting stuff and you know I get people that follow me and get some nice comments and things like that and it, it really really makes my day but you took that extra step to actually reach out to do this. This is so cool.
0: Well, I'm super excited about your music and just you as a person. So I'm glad that we could connect and do this. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much. I know a lot of folks in my hometown will want to hear this. Since we talked about Oliver Springs, it, so I'll make sure to share with all these people that
0: Perfect. follow me on
1: Facebook and Instagram and everything.
0: Yeah, please do. Just put out a big old community bulletin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Small Town Tourist podcast. I'm your host, Abby Minky Graves. Our theme song is That's My Hometown by Aaron Simmons. You can find him online, aaronsimmonsmusic.com and wherever you stream music. Be sure to check out the blog, thesmalltowntourist.com and follow on Instagram at thesmalltowntourist.